0: Hey, friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I want to stop there. He restores my soul. For those of you who are going through any emotional battle of any kind, He is a restorer of your soul. Can you just lean towards someone and say, He restores my soul? he leads me in the path of righteousness. Hey, Alicia, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely. Someone say, surely. Yeah. That means definitely. If you're ever in a season where you think God might bless you, He's a definite God. Say it again, surely. It means definitely. Goodness. And mercy shall follow me. How long? All the days of my life. That means you won't run out of life. You will leave this life before he runs out of mercy. You will never outlive his goodness. <laughs> goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the lord forever i want to talk today from the topic he knows what i need father in the name of jesus christ bless the musicians who are absent bless everyone in this space i pray god you'll be glorified in the name of jesus christ strengthen them by your power in jesus name amen you may be seated want to give you what you need when you say amen thank you lord someone hollered out again, Surely. So when I think of this scripture, oftentimes I think of Sunday school and I do think of, um, you know, how I was raised and um, how that was a scripture that oftentimes was often quoted or read at funerals. um, To encourage people or to uh, lift people up oftentimes, or it has also always been a scripture often that is one to encourage people. And um, when I was led to this scripture, um, it was reminded of a particular story of this motivational speaker who was uh, teaching at a particular spot and were um, presenting at a particular spot. And as he presented, he ended his time uh, before the people with the 23rd Psalm. After they got through, I also wanna say my sister is here, Cassandra, so I celebrate my sister as well. I only got a few of them, so I celebrate them. But um, as they got through, as he got through with his presentation, it says that after he finished the 23rd Psalm, everyone started clapping and applauding him uh, because of his eloquence in doing the 23rd Psalm. Well, this older uh, custodian came out of the back room who was around 80 something years old, came out stuttering speech and not eloquent at all and was not able to really put verb and syntax agreement together. And he came out and was stumbling and said, what are they clapping about? And he said, they're clapping because he just got through quoting the 23rd Psalm. Um, He said, oh, that's one of my favorite psalms." They said, well, could you go up to the microphone and could you quote it? He said, oh, I don't don't say it well. They they said, we just want to hear it. That's your favorite one. He got up and he started to quote the 23rd Psalm, messed up a few words, but started to quote it while tears came down his face. When he got through saying, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. As an 80 something year old man, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No one clapped but tears were streaming down everyone's face. The motivational speaker went to the different people and said, why did y'all applaud when I said it, but y'all cried when he said it? They said, because you quoted the 23rd Psalm, he knows the Lord of the Psalm. This is not a scripture that I want you to just know I want you to know the Lord of the song. So as we look at this particular thing and we look at this particular scripture, uh, we start out and we find out in this scripture, he starts out by saying, David is reflecting on his own occupation. David is a shepherd to sheep. And as he's sitting out there in the cool of the day or in the night looking at the stars, he starts to pen and he starts to write. And in reflection of his relationship with God, he says, as I have been to these sheep, the Lord has been to me. And he hollers out and he writes, I don't know what he wrote on, but he starts to sing and say, the Lord is my possessive, my shepherd. Because he is my shepherd, I shall not want now when you look at this he when he wrote this in the original language he did not write shepherd and in the original language it did not write Lord in the original language it was talking about Yahweh is Ra. Yahweh is a word many of you might not know but is a derivative of the word Jehovah ministry here of music oftentimes sings the song Yahweh And a lot of times when they sing that song, for however length of time they sing it, most of the church is dumbfounded by it and doesn't know exactly how to respond to it because many of us don't know what Yahweh is. Yahweh is the original Hebrew written word of how they spell when they call him God. They didn't call him God, they called him Yahweh. It was not, it wasn't uh, uh, Y-A-H-W-E, it was four letters, uh, Y-W-H, Y-H-W-H. Uh, There was no, um, as we would do, we would put vowels or we would put those things in. It wasn't there. That's how it was spelled, Yahweh. And then when it says, so we say Yahweh or Jehovah, Yahweh is shepherd, shepherd, ruah. Someone say, uh, well, not rah, say rah. Someone say rah. I'm trying to teach y'all and then I'm going to preach you. I'm going to teach you, uh, but rah. Someone say rah again. So Yahweh Ra or Jehovah Ra, what it meant is it was saying that the Lord is my shepherd, but it was saying in a sense Ra means one who feeds, one who tends to the flock, or one who is a friend. Uh, Of those of you who know shepherds and those of you who have studied shepherds at all, shepherds were not just people who were occupational, occupational, just trying to fulfill a job. They had a relationship with their flock. They had a relationship with the people that they were, uh, with the, excuse me, with the sheep of which they were serving. So when he says, Jehovah, Ra, one who feeds, tends to the flock, and one who is a friend, Yahweh, because Yahweh is my shepherd, or Ra, I have everything I need. Because he is my friend, Because he tends to me, he has everything I need. And I want to make sure that as we develop this scripture and as we go through this, I want to make sure that you don't focus so much on uh, Jehovah-Ra or Yahweh-Ra and that he tends to the flock or that he is a friend. I don't want you to get so caught up in the name of God as I want you to get caught up in how he will will, um, manifest himself in different ways. Some of you have found God to be different things for you in different seasons. Uh, when I was growing up, when they were talking about God is a provider, meant nothing to me until I needed provision. Uh, those of you who have both your parents alive right now, God as a father and God as a mother mean nothing to you until your parents have left this earth. And now it means something to you personally or for those of you who don't have good relationships with your father or your mother. It means something to you when you know that God can be both the one who will mother you and he will father you. For those of you who have friends and none of your friends have ever betrayed you, you don't know what it means to have a friend that sits closer than a brother. But when you have gone through betrayal and when you have been talked about, and when you have allowed people in your circle and realize that they were never for you to begin with, now you realize that there is a friend that will stick closer to you than a brother. Is anybody lift their hands and say, I thank God for being a friend. I thank him that he has never outed me, that he has never exploited me. He has never changed me. He has always been the same, even when I haven't been. He has never found out about me and treated me different based on what he found out about me. I have never walked up on heaven and they stopped talking about me i have walked up to heaven and they have always said you're welcome he who is willing he whoever wants to come come and he has always accepted me so i want to talk about how he gives me what i need through this 23rd psalm and he talks about he he is the one who is my shepherd he is the one who is my friend he is the one who tends to me and i want to talk about and i look at that he goes on he says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures He makes me lie down in green pastures. And when I think about that, how does he reveal himself? The first way he reveals himself, he reveals himself as a pastor. I messed everybody up because everybody said, well, I thought you was one. I correctly am called the under shepherd. There is only one shepherd and his name is Jesus. I am employed by the great shepherd I am called the under shepherd but what a pastor does is a pastor's occupation according to John 3 uh, not John Jeremiah third chapter and verse 15 says I will give you pastors shepherds under shepherds after my heart and what will they do they will after my heart they will feed you with knowledge and with understanding What that means is God does not give us pastors after Instagram. He doesn't give pastors after Snapchat or TikTok. He gives pastors after his heart. What that means is you need to make sure that you're connected to anyone that has the heart of God. God's heart does not change. God's heart does not; is not moved by flakiness and by change. God's heart remains the same. He says, "I will give you shepherds or pastors after my heart." So He goes on. He says, "He will the pastor, or the shepherd, the under shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures." Now let me tell you something: You don't want make God. You don't want God to make you do something. Some of you are so busy, you're not effective. If you're not careful, God will make you lie down. He will. How does he make you lie down? He has all types of stuff that will happen. All types of things that will happen in your life makes you lie down in green pastures. Now, now the, the area of pastures is not talking about just eating. It's not talking about he lets me lay down so I can eat. No. He lets me lay down in a spot of rest. He clears a way for me to rest. He clears a way. And that's a word that we don't use often. It's called Sabbath. Oh, you see how quiet it was in the sanctified church? Sabbath. Do you know what Sabbath is? Someone say no. Say, someone say no. Good. Even if you know it, just say no. I just want you to know. Sabbath means stop. Jesus, or God, excuse me, the creator, worked for six days. And on the seventh day, he stopped. So I want to know, If God stopped on the seventh day, why don't you? For everybody who keeps saying, Oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta work three jobs, do you? Because if the Lord is raw, if the Lord is my shepherd, and because he's my shepherd, I have everything I need. Am I trusting in horses? Am I trusting in chariots? am i trusting in a system or am i trusting in jehovah because if you trust in jehovah if you trust in god he will provide everything you need i'm preaching better than you're sounding in this room i've tried him and i know him for myself he will provide For all of you keep saying, I got to do this, Christmas is coming. Christmas comes every year and Jesus' birthday is not in December. You keep talking about Christmas, you ain't celebrating him. You want to make sure your child is okay and your child doesn't need, need a toy. They need faith. They need Jesus. They need a relationship because they got more toys and they are confused in their life. Save your money. I'm sorry, I love Christmas too. I'm sorry, I don't want to show up. Those y'all like, I'm already putting stuff on Lelway. How can you put stuff on Lelway but not Tide? Save up to please a child that won't like you on December 26th. Y'all want Brandon to preach again. I'm sorry, y'all don't like me. But he will give you a pastor after his heart. He will make you lie down in green pastures. What it means is the sheep in the Middle East, they were known for yarn and they were known and they were they were they were wealthy sheep. When you saw sheep, you saw wealth. Uh, But many times, uh, but because of the sheep and the nature of them, they were wealthy according to what people wanted to see in them, according to their 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 wool and people wanted them and they would pay money for them. But even though they were wealthy, according to what they had, uh, they were dependent on the shepherd. Because sheep were not able to think for themselves. What that means is, what I said again is, according to what was on them, many people wanted what was on them. But they didn't know what was on them. And because they didn't know what was on them, they could not think for themselves. And they would put themselves in situations that would be harmful to them. So he gives you a shepherd to protect you because of what's on you. He gives you a shepherd because you don't know how valuable you are. He gives you a shepherd because you don't know how royal you are. He gives you a shepherd because you don't know how great you are. He gives you a shepherd because you don't know your own strength. And sometimes you lay down with wolves because you don't know that God wants more for you than sleeping with wolves. So, he will give you a shepherd that will protect what's on you. Can we give God praise because he protects what's on me? I don't even know what's on me half the time. I I don't even know my own worth. I don't even know how great I am. I, I don't even know because when I look at myself in the mirror, I see flaws. When I look at myself in the mirror, I see how, how uneducated or how I'm not where I thought I was supposed to be. But when he looks at me, he sees the greatness that is on me. And the enemy, let me tell you this. The enemy is not after your child. The enemy is not after your job. The enemy is not after your coworker. The enemy is after what's on you. <laughs> if he can have what's on you. If he could have the purpose of God on your life, if he could have the call of God on your life and make you forget who called you and make you forget why you're here. If he can get you to that point, he will have you doubting your call, doubting yourself, doubting your life to the point that you feel like life is not worth living. But I want to tell you that devil lied. Somebody say the devil's a liar. It says, he will make sure that he, a pastor, will lead you in the path of righteousness. Excuse me. He will make you lie down in green pastures. And it says, and then he leads me beside still waters. Not just any waters, but still waters. Some of you are rushing to stuff that's not, that's still moving. Some of you are anxious and it hasn't been still yet. He will lead me to stuff that's for me, not stuff that's running away from me. Stop chasing stuff that's not for you because everything he has for me will be there when I get it. He leads me to steal waters because what happens is if you can't drink in moving water. Because when the sheep would get down there and because they didn't know any better, if they start getting water that moved too much, it would sweep them away. But if they got in still water, they were able to drink safely. God is so methodical. He will tell me, even though, because I don't know, maybe it's not you, maybe it's me. There have been seasons that I have told God I can handle it. And he knew I couldn't. And he let me get out there and make a fool of myself. Instead of waiting for still waters. There is a season that God has for you that's not moving, that's waiting on you. I want you to look around the room right now and just tell, there's something waiting on me. There's something, there's something still waters. He will lead me in the path. He will make sure, and then it goes on, and it says, he restores my soul Uh, for him. to Now, listen, this is all under a pastor. This is all under a shepherd, making sure that someone, this is what is establishing that this shepherd is in relationship with you. How can, Brandon, can you come here real quick? How can, hold my hand. How can I lead you without touching you? Many of us want someone who speaks to you. I don't want you to speak to me I want you to touch me. Many of us have great relationship with, uh, like, we love Facebook. We love Instagram. We love text message. We love all these things because they are void of relationship. So you can get on there and and when Facebook, usually if I get on Facebook right now, the first thing it's going to ask me, what's on your mind? And I tell it what's on my mind. And then a whole bunch of people put line emojis under it. to tell me that they care about what I just said and then because of algorithms and it knows that I need dopamine and it knows that I have a need to be liked and a need to be wanted and a need to communicate with Autobots who are not real I post the right picture with the right filter To get people who I've never met and who don't like me, who won't be thinking about me at three o'clock to comment under my picture to say, I like that look. And it will say it under everybody else's picture too and never, ever know that I could be depressed inwardly. But I'm doing it for the gram because if I'm not on the gram, then you think I'm not doing anything productive in my life. So I have to post for all of y'all, excuse me, for all of y'all who don't care about me anyway. But a shepherd will touch you and say, you don't even know the way you're supposed to go. So I will grab your hand, lead you to still waters, and I will make sure that your soul is restored. Hold on. I will make sure your soul is restored, not your post. Your soul is... Justin, come here. Let's go sit down. Come here. Your, some of y'all... Have been The reason that y'all have a hard time receiving a pastor is because you've been pimped. This is what pimps do. You a musician, how much you want to get paid? When you show up on Sundays and you come to rehearsal, pimp you because I want what you got. There are musicians in this city that all the pastors do is pimp you for your gift. They have no, I don't know why y'all looking at me like this is foreign to you. Y'all all all know this is the truth. We pimp you because we want you to put us in the key, but we care nothing about your soul. It's about your gift and not your soul. He does not restore my gift, but he restores my soul because I can operate in my gift and my soul be distraught. I can sing and be broke. I can play and be going through a divorce. I can play and be suicidal. But Jesus restores my soul so that when I play, my soul makes her boast in the Lord. Somebody thank God for him being your pastor. He don't care nothing about your gift. Shepherds were so invested, excuse me, I'm trying to speak in English. Shepherds were so invested in their relationship with the sheep that they knew them by name. Brandon, Sterling, Destiny, PJ, Guillaume, Mother Higgins, Caesar, Mother Joanne, Alicia, he knew them by name. They were not just numbers. I can't pray for a number, but I can pray for a name. (laughs) I'm not interested in having a packed number, church. I want to make sure that everyone has a name because Sasha Cobb says he knows my name. I want somebody in the room right now to holler out, he knows my name. Somebody holler out, he knows my name. Whew, so I, about shit. I thank him that he knows my name and he knows exactly where I am I'm getting, I'm getting too happy because he knows my name he doesn't call me the curly-head boy he doesn't call me the skinny boy he doesn't call me the deranged boy he calls me by my name and he knows exactly where I am and he knows exactly how big it where I am he knows my name somebody say he knows my name He ain't sitting in heaven trying to describe me. He ain't saying the one who looks like this, the one who acts like that. He knows exactly where I am. Scripture says he knows every hair that is on my head. And every hair is numbered. That's why you can't be walking around with a wig. You better walk off bald because he knows that your hair fell off. He knows that you bought that stuff. He wants your real bald head. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just just saying. I just felt like saying it, I felt like saying it. (laughs) Death's trying to find some people, can't find you because they don't know what you look like no more. Trying to say I get them, but I don't know what they look like. But anyhow, sorry, I'm sorry. Somebody holler out, he knows my name. Claudia, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Claudia, I'm sorry. But he restores my soul to the point what that means is he will revive, quicken my soul. If there's anybody in this room who you feel like everything is trying to kill you, everything is trying to destroy you, everything is trying to take you out, if you feel like you keep going to bed early but you keep waking up tired, I got a word for you, he will restore your soul. He will quicken you. He will revive you. He will bring you back together. Somebody just say, he's going to bring me back together. I'm not talking about bring it back together. He will bring you back together. He won't allow you to be scattered all over the place. He will bring you back together. He will restore your soul. And he will lead me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This is what I want to tell you, Reese. Sheep. I mean, excuse me. Pastors. Shepherds. Are So concerned for their sheep that when at nighttime, when the sheep asleep, the shepherd gets in the doorway. This is the doorway. The shepherd lays down in the doorway to make sure that if a wolf or anything tries to get the sheep, it's got to come through the shepherd to get to the sheep. He is so concerned about me while I'm asleep that he will lay in the access point that the enemy would normally have and say, if you're gonna get to them, you gotta come through me. I want somebody in the room to give God praise that the devil can't take you out because he's got to come through the shepherd. If he's going to attack you, he's got to come through me. And I want to thank God for every time that things were supposed to get to me that did not get to me because he had to come through God. And God will not let anything come upon me that does not belong to me. Can we thank God right now for things that didn't get to me? some of y'all why am I preaching like this some of y'all in this place are sitting here crying about stuff that has happened in your life but I want to teach you how to praise God for the things that did not happen in your life oh if Miss Linda Jackson were here at my dad's church First Baptist Church in Nickersville she would get up and testify I want to thank God for for keeping me from danger seen and unseen there are things that I saw that I thank God that could have happened but there are things that I didn't see that have never happened there are things that should have happened in my life that he kept from happening come here Job come here Job he was in the scripture and the devil was in in heaven and he said can I attack your servant Job he said I want to attack him he said go ahead he said I want to but you have a hedge of protection around him Now, you do notice, God never said he had a hedge of protection. But the devil knows that God is protecting me. The devil knows stuff about God that you don't know. The devil knows that he can't get to you unless God allows it. Can we thank God that God blocked some stuff in your life from happening? All right. So, all right, so, so. Get decided about this. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Woo. Feel like having a Baptist fit. Jesus, have mercy. All right, Lord, y'all know what that is. Don't worry about it. So anyhow, it says the shepherd will lay down, lead me in path of righteousness. What that means is, he will. I'm just on pastor. Path of righteousness means he will lead me in the path that's for me. When David used his sling, oftentimes when David used his sling, he would throw it. Out and oftentimes it would warn them that you're in the wrong path that's how David knew how to attack Goliath when David got to Goliath he was already used to swinging at stuff that was in the wrong path he said I swing at stuff that don't belong here so every time the sheep was headed in a direction that they didn't belong He would round up his sling and throw it to say, that's not the path. That is not the way. I don't know if there's any of you all who have God has warned before you got there. Many of us were going in a path and all of a sudden we felt an unction like, no, 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 don't go that way. Don't trust it, don't trust that. That was God slinging the slinging it to make sure that you did not go in that path. He wants you to make sure that you are in the path that is ordered. and what happens is when you go on the path that is ordered by God, he never loses a sheep. He can never lose who he knows. That's the pastor. Let's stay there too long. He gives me what I need in the pastor and then he gives me what I need in a protector. Someone say protector. And I'm gonna get out of here, I'm gonna raise up. Protector. Verse four says, even though, uh, King James Version says, yea, though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Let me tell you something. For those of you who keep trying to avoid going through something, you will go through something. Some of y'all say, well, that's not encouraging. You will go through something. If you're not going through something right now, maybe it's going to hit you tomorrow. But you will go through something. But the word you need to focus on is the word through. Stop parking where you're supposed to go through. He didn't say, even though you live in it. He says, no, even though I go through the valley, I will fear no evil. I'm going through something. Somebody just say it out loud. I'm going through something. The operative word is I'm going through it, meaning eventually I'm going to come out of it. But while I'm going through, I will fear no evil because he protects me in it. Now, for those of you who talk about the valley of the shadow of death, it's not just figurative. They were walking through. Sometimes when the shepherd would, uh, would take them on walks, he would take them through a, a precipitous predict- path of type of cliff. that would take them through and it looked like a, a howling, uh, a scary place that had shadows and, and it, it was scary to walk through that. But they had to keep their eyes focused on the shepherd. That even though, hear this, even though it looked like it was going to kill them. Cameron, it was just a shadow. It was a shadow of something that was not there. Some of us are backing up in our lives right now based on shadows, figments of your imagination appearing real. Things that are not even there. Some of you are saying stuff. Some of you all are making things happen that were never supposed to happen because of what we say. He's saying, even though you go through something, don't put a period where I put a comma. Someone say it again. I'm going through. He says, even though I'm going through this place, he says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is a rod and what is a staff? I'm glad you asked. A rod is was, it's a symbol of the shepherd's office. A rod is, is, is a staff, excuse me, It's one device that a shepherd uses to correct the flock. And then the rod is something that the shepherd uses to protect you from danger. The rod and the staff, meaning he will use it to correct you, the staff to correct you, to make sure that when you're out of line, he'll hook you, he'll hook you, reel you back in. Staff, he'll reel you back in, and then the the smaller end, the rod, will make sure it protects you from things that you don't see. His rod and his staff comfort me. How can I be comforted in discipline? Whom the Lord loves, he chastises. We don't hear preaching anymore that challenges us. We're here preaching that everything's going to be good. You're going to be all right. You're going to get a car. 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 All this stuff. Do you know sometimes, sometimes, we used to sing a song all the time, get right, church, and let's go home. There are sometimes God will correct you because he loves you. He does not correct you because he hates you. He corrects you because he knows what's best for you. And he will correct you to say, let me hook you before you get too far out. Can we thank God for a hook? Yeah. I thank God because there are many people I would have already clocked on had he not hooked me. <laughs> Am I the only one? I'm sorry. There are many things I would have already said had he not hooked me. My hand was almost like, he was like, let me, let me, let me hook you that he will bring you back in. And I thank God for him being my hook. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get through this. He goes on. I'm just trying to teach y'all this so it makes sense to you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he goes on, and he says, this is the part I'm almost through here. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want to teach y'all something real quick, Shane, and I'm going to get out of here. Some of y'all keep talking about God handle my haters. See, how quiet? Ah, haters. All oh, my haters. They ain't want me. They ain't want me to do nothing. My haters can't stand me. My haters, my haters. All this stuff. All, everybody will talk about the haters. Scripture says he doesn't need. Don't miss this, Claudia. He doesn't have to remove your haters to bless you. Sandra, if you don't come up here and do a dance, Holy Ghost dance, I'm telling you. He says he does not have to remove your haters to bless you. Some of y'all keep praying about the wrong stuff. God, they did this and they did that. He said, I know. My blessing has not changed because of them. Sometimes you need to thank God for people who are giving you free advertisement. They wouldn't even know about you unless somebody was talking about you. Some people have stumbled on your page just because somebody sent them a screenshot and they said, I wouldn't even know about you had they not seen me that screenshot. But I found out you are nothing like they said you were. God will bless you in the midst of your haters. Come on, Mario. I've seen him do it. He says, I will bless you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? And there, according to the Eastern culture, according to the Middle East. It says that he was talking about him being a provider. As long as you were at the table of the person's house you were at, you were protected. As long as you were at the table, they they, they made sure you were covered. He says, I will set up a table before you in the midst of your enemies. Like, I'll make sure they're in close vicinity. I'll make sure they see what's happening while I bless you you don't have to talk about them i'll handle them you don't have to clap back i'll clap you don't have to post a subliminal post i am the post i will handle it for you someone hollow out he'll handle it for me he says i will bless you in the presence of your enemies and that's why it's important we we thank god for joseph even though joseph went through all the stuff he went through went into a pit the people who said they were going to remember him did not remember him. All that stuff, but eventually God remembered him. And when he got to the position that there was a famine all through the land, when his brothers got to him because his brothers were the person, people who put him on that, that, that journey that he would have never been on without his brothers, because sometimes the people who will hate on you will be the people who are kin to you. Sometimes... The people who won't appreciate you will be the people who are around you who know you. But when Joseph got an opportunity to do wrong to them, he did not do what others would have done. Joseph looked at his brothers and he said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Because you needed me to be in this position for you to be blessed. Sometimes God, hear this. do is, don't y'all run out of the church real quick. Don't y'all run. Don't leave. Sometimes, your, sometimes God will bless your enemies through you. You can't clap on that. I know it's hard. The reason he hasn't blessed them yet is because you haven't forgiven them. You can't bless someone you're still mad at. But when you get to the point that you say you meant it for evil, but God still used it for my good, you will be able to bless those who despitefully misuse you. I can't get nobody in here. Who give God praise on that. Y'all have hard heart. Your hands ain't clapping on that. People are just like. That's a little tough. But I'm telling you, Jesus did it. Did he do it? That's what the old preacher say. Did he do it? <laughs> on Calvary. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Sometimes you need to text somebody and say, you actually just set me up. What you did just actually put me in a better position. What you tried to do actually put me in a place that I would have never been had you not do that. I would not be praying the way I pray had you not talked about me the way you talk about me. But because you talked about me that way, it pushed me back to God. Because somebody in the room say God did it. So let me get out of that. He says, I'm trying to teach y'all. He says, he anoints my head with oil. Now, this is the part. The anoint my head with all. I don't want y'all to miss this up because we say this and we misquote this. We say, God's going to show you who I am. Don't we? I know you do. I say it, all of us. God's going to show He's going to anoint me in your face. He's going to show you who I am. God doesn't anoint you to make you arrogant. I love the way y'all looking at me. That ain't why God anoints you. God doesn't anoint you to, to, to boast you and to make you better than people, for you to flaunt and for you to post and for you to say, God used me the other day to do this and you make a post. That's not how God, that's not why God anoints you. No, that's not what he does. He anoints you. Hear this. In the Middle Eastern time, coach, they anointed people for hospit- Hospitality. To say, because you're in my house, let me anoint you because you're a guest of my house. (laughs) Yes, he does anoint you because of a call. But the real anointing is there because I'm in the house. He says, I'm anointing you because you are guests of my house. All of us are recipients of God's grace. And the only reason that the anointing is on my life is because I'm in the house of grace. It's not of works. It's not of anything that I've done. It's not because I pray longer than you. It's not because I fasted for 40 days. It's not because I went to the school of ministry. It's not because I can preach better than anybody in this room. It's not because of who laid hands on me. It's because I'm in the house. Can somebody in the room just say, I'm in the house? He anoints me. Now, the problem is some of y'all don't like who's in the house. I was talking to a lady the other day without saying who it was and I was talking to her and she was telling me this and I hope this blesses somebody. She was telling me this. She said, you know, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be, Whew, shoo. I, I, mm, I would not share this unless he told me to. I would be in the house. I would be in the church. I would be a member. I would be, I would give my life to Christ. And she told me this just out here. She said, I can't give my life to Christ because he doesn't love me like this. And I said, what do you mean? She said, I cannot give my life to Christ. I I cannot join the church right now. She said, because I'm gay. And she said, God won't love me until I change. All of y'all religious people, you might want to go to somebody else's church right now because I'm going to say something that's going to debunk all of y'all's religiosity. I, under the anointing of God, with sweat dripping down my body, said to her in the lobby, I said, can you point scripture and verse and tell me where you found that? She said, God won't love me until I change. I said, there's a whole bunch of holes in this church and God loves them. Do you think that God's not going to love you because you're gay? Log off, log off, log off, log off, because you don't like me right now. I don't like you either, because God does not categorize love based on sexual sin. Where do they do that at? Why, excuse me, why is anointed on me? Because I'm in the house. I'm gay, but I'm in the house. I'm a lesbian, but I'm in the house. Oh, I'm messing up a whole bunch of y'all. Y'all have a hard time doing this. Hard time. I- I'm a robber, but I'm in the house. All that stuff. Everybody is in the house. How do I know they in the house? Because it's not your house. It's God's house. Come on, playing basketball. Whose house? God's house. Everybody's up in here That's why you sit by somebody who smells like weed You only got a stronger perfume on than they did We just can't smell yours Because you chose a gummy and they chose herbs Just because I don't know your sin Does not mean you get to judge somebody else who's in the house everybody's welcome in this house everybody's welcome in this house can we give god praise that we all up in here you don't get to judge the woman who's pregnant outside of marriage you can't judge her and not judge the man Everybody's in the house, and you don't determine who gets in the house. Why am I in the house? Because he wanted me. Can we just take about a 30 second praise break? Because he wanted me, my messed up self, my crazy self, my suicidal self. He wanted me. at me I told that lady I said you know what they might not people might not want you but God wants you I said "And on the issue of you giving your life to Christ I said you might want you might want to do that real quick because he's not waiting on you to change he loves you until you change and matter of fact hold on hold on don't clap if you never change he will still love you This gospel in Lexington this gospel all over the world they keep saying God can't use people until they change I don't know that God because while I was still in sin he loves me while I was still in sin he loved me he didn't wait till I got it together I told you all a few weeks ago he loved me while I was still on the way I remember someone told my wife one time, they told her, they actually inboxed her. I love when people inbox her. I just love it. Cause I preach about it. it gives me preaching material. Somebody inboxed her and said, you know, your husband's on the DL. That's why everybody comes to the church. That's why he's got so many gay people in the church. And she talked to me about it. I said, I wish, Ooh, Jesus, Ooh, y'all changed me. Lord, help me, Jesus. Ooh, Lord, pray for me. I said, I love it when people try to use a testimony that I've already said against me. How you gonna use a story I've already told you and say I'm on the DL? Boo! I already told y'all what my past life was, and I also said I am redeemed now. Now inbox that. Tell somebody that. Put that on Facebook. Screenshot that because I'm delivered. You can't use my past against me anymore because I've already told it. Stop allowing people to hold you hostage for stuff you've already told. I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. I know. I remember a preacher. I'm through here. Caesar, y'all get me out of here. I feel like Color Purple. Get my children out of here. Get me out of here. But I remember this. I'm through. I remember one time, Sandra... When I got, when I started telling my testimony, a pastor who was my pastor at that time, he told me, he said, Kim, he said, you can't tell that story. You can't tell that story. I said, why? He said, because you'll never be able to preach in certain churches. I said, I don't want to go to those churches. Because God didn't call me to be political. I'm not preaching for likes. There are people in this room like that woman who just want to be loved. There are people in this room who have been condemned by these apostles who are lying to you in the first place. Bishops who don't even have churches under them, but bishop and 10 people. And trying to tell you how to live your life. Do you know that condemnation is a sin too? Don't condemn the lesbian. Don't condemn the transvestite. Other. Just because they're going through something, they're trying to figure out where they belong. Do not condemn them because you're still trying to figure out where you belong to. Yeah, I told my wife, I said, yeah, we do have gay people at the church. Yeah. Why? Because I've never of them hold on because I'm this is really going to get me in trouble because I'm one of the few pastors in the city who hasn't slept with them so I can stand up here boldly and talk about deliverance because ain't nobody got no DM with my name on it You cannot talk about something you're not delivered from publicly unless there are no traces to cover. I'm through, Mother Higgins. I'm sorry. I'm through. Stand to your feet all over the building because I just I felt something shift real quick. For everybody in here, he anoints my head with oil. W- what does oil do? When oil is on me, you can't grab me because I'm not dry (laughs) when he puts his oil on me you can't even grab me because I'm dripping you can't even you can't even grip me because there's too much on me I want you to look around the room and say I I got too much oil on me I just got too much too much oil on me that's why it says I feel somebody got set free that's why I said surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. That word is a word, Hebrew word, called Hasid. Hasid means active love. It means his active love would chase me down all the days of my life. He won't just sit afar and love me. He'll actively show me he loves me. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.